Hey there, this is Gina, and this is episode three of The Gina Show. Hey, and welcome to The Gina Show, the show where I bring to you personal conversations with soulful change makers. It's great to have you here with us. Thank you for joining us. Every week, we're helping you to follow your heart and be true to yourself so you can make a real difference in the world. Today on the show, I have Matt Ellison. On the 31st of March, it is Trans Day of Visibility. When I was thinking about that, I thought, I want to bring to you an interview with someone that will really get you thinking about what it means to be transgender and to open your eyes and your heart. Matt is the person. He is an inspiring and thought-provoking transgender speaker. He's a transgender male who transitioned from female to male in his late 30s. I've had many conversations with Matt and he's told me throughout his life he's really struggled with many different aspects, ranging from the use of toilets to clothing, career path, sports, relationships, social circles, plus so much more. And I remember specifically him telling me that he used to cry himself to sleep and prayed that he'd wake up a boy. Can you imagine the disappointment at the start of every day? It just kind of blows my mind. Now, whenever I speak with Matt, I'm in awe of him, total respect, and the journey that he's been through is quite incredible. In this week's episode, Matt and I talk about the process of transitioning. I ask the questions I know that you really want to have answered, and we explore how we can support a trans person, both at work and at home. I know you're going to absolutely love this powerful conversation with Matt Ellison. Without further ado, let's get stuck in. Today on The Gina Show, I'm in conversation with Matt Ellison. Enjoy. Hi Matt, welcome to the show. It's awesome to have you here today. So listen, on the 31st of March, it's the Trans Day of Visibility. And it got me thinking, I was thinking, okay, so who could I speak to? Who could I bring on the show? Who would be really interesting to speak to about trans-related issues? Guess who instantly popped into my head? You! <laughs> now, before we get talking, get stuck into talking about all things transgender, I'm really keen to find out a bit more about you. What do we need to know about you, Matt, to understand your story and where you are today? Okay, so hi everyone. Um, <clears throat> so, great to have you. Thank you. <laughs> great to be here. Thank you, so, thank you for asking. So um, I'm Matt and I'm transgender. So basically I'm female to male. So that meant I've always been male. I, that's, that's a key point to me because I think gender's in the brain, but I was physically female. Okay. Male. So the story behind that um, is that I knew from a very small child, lots of people go, when did you know, and things like that. Um, it was the first things of gender coming in wasn't, yeah, it, it was actually telling me that, oh, I'm not what I thought, what I think I am. Mm. I have the toys that I want and I can't, you know, my mum's trying to dress me in clothes that I didn't like and things mm. like that, right from like, I don't know, three, maybe around then so really 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 young wow, that is really young yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so, but i've got a great nephew at the moment and he um he's three 
and he knows all about gender which is why i'm looking at him thinking mm. that must have been around the age that i was thinking those things because i don't know how old i was because i was too young yeah 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 so i but it was i know one age that i do know i was five when i said some things to my family and the reaction i got was just i knew that this was odd and it was a no-no and so you know at the age of five i just went okay i'm gonna shut up about this and okay. i'm gonna take this to my grave i'm not gonna do anything um because i just didn't you know socially people just didn't accept it so i was like oh, okay um i learned to cope with it so i i say cope with it i i think i cope very well but obviously there's always difficulties mm. so um i would cry myself to sleep and stuff like that um and I do things as I got a bit older. In fact, I knew that my body was going to change and, you know, that I'd grow breasts and things like that. And that, that just as a small child, that scared the life out of me and was mm. traumatic to deal with. Um, so even before you went through puberty, yeah. you were aware of it and you, you, were, you were starting to get really anxious and, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. But then uh, I think, you know, things like that, people don't understand how you could want to change your body in that way. But lots of people have cosmetic surgery and they feel better because they've, they've changed something that they now feel more positive about. And um, I kind of liken the, the chest surgery that I had to having a big benign growth on your face. Yeah. And people go, yeah, you know, don't worry about it. People, you know, no one's going to stare or no one mm. cares. Um, but you care about it. And then if a surgeon came along and said, oh, actually, I can take that off for you you're going to jump at the chance. Absolutely. You'd yeah, be like, yeah, yeah, get it off, get it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even if it leaves a scar, that's mm. going to be better and preferable to what was there. And that's how it feels. But I would kind of, I'd ration with myself and say, you know, nobody else knows how I feel. So I'd walk down the road and you'd feel very unconscious, very conscious of myself in a t-shirt. Mm. And, um, and I'd say to myself, well, the people looking don't realise, you know, 50% of the population have my body shape. Yeah. All women. And um, people aren't going to look at it and go, oh, you're odd, you're weird. Why, why, why have you got, you know, breasts under your T-shirt? Mm. And um, it helped to some degree, but obviously at the end of the day, they weren't right for me. That wasn't a normal situation to be in. Yeah. I so I kind of, you know, I learned to put up with stuff like that, lots mm. of stuff like that. Um, and then that was for a long time. So I was 39 when I started transitioning. Wow. Okay. And yeah. Which what just what was the trigger? What, what made you think, right, now's the time? Yeah. Um, I spent it about a year on YouTube beforehand because when I was a kid, so in the seventies and eighties, that, um, I didn't know what was possible. There was no mm -hmm. internet. I didn't know about hormones and I just thought that, I would, you know, I'd heard of, it's a very derogatory term, sex change. Yeah, yeah. I heard of that, and I thought, I don't want an operation that's going to leave me with scars, but I'm still going to have a female-shaped body and sound and look female. Mm. And um, then the internet came along, and I learned more. So, you know, at that stage, before the internet, I actually thought this was like, my dream coming true was completely impossible. It would be like bringing someone back from the dead. Yeah. Not, not possible. And then I learned it was possible. But I'd already put my barriers up and thought, well, socially, this isn't acceptable. I'm not going mm. to let people think I'm a freak. Um, so about a year beforehand, I spent a long, long time every night looking on YouTube and getting more and more desperate at people transitioning 
and mm. seeing trans men. So obviously I was looking at female to males. Yeah. Um, seeing their facial hair grow, their voice break, growing um, muscle mass, their fat body redistribute, mm. and everything just changed them into a man. And thinking, oh, I'm yearning for these changes myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I would go up every night in the, in the evening and start looking and looking. And it was getting more and more of an issue that I was spending more time looking at these videos. Until in the end, I actually said, right, I, need, I think I need to go and speak to someone. My initial thing was actually to stay living as I am. I thought I'd see a counsellor and get help so that I've got better coping strategies. Ah, okay. Myself. But... I have to say, my counsellor was absolutely amazing. I saw a, a private counsellor that was a gender specialist who I'd researched um, and I knew he was very good and heard mm. things about him. And literally in that first, what, 50-minute session, he knocked my barriers down and I thought, wow. possible? <laughs> and can you imagine the, how uplifting to actually feel when, you know, I thought this was impossible, but I discover it is possible, but mm. I don't think it's possible for me. And I must say, for anybody out there with anything like this or other stuff, it's very easy to look at other people doing things and think, oh, but it's all right for them. That's not me. Yeah. You can actually see yourself achieving. And everybody goes, no, 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 it's fine. You know, people accept it nowadays. And you think, yeah, but not me, not my parents, not my mm. friends and family. Someone's going to not like it. And um, in fact, I'm now the person saying it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. It's been great. That's so, a beautiful message. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You put your own barriers in front of you and, you know, other people didn't, I mean, they are, they are barriers, but you can get through them. Um, so yeah. And then very, very quickly, luckily for me, I managed to transition and that's not the case for everyone. It can take a long, long, long time. Can you talk to us about the process of transitioning? So when you say it took a long time, obviously there's the medical side of things. Yeah. But there's also the emotional stuff. Can we start with the medical? And, and would you mind just giving us a bit of an overview of the process and how it works? Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, in the UK, because obviously it depends where you are. Yeah, we're in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing to do is go to GP. Um, and a lot of GPs are not clued up on this. So okay. there's an old protocol in place and they might have heard of that. And then they try and push you down the old pathways. Mm. And it, it, you know it's really, really difficult to, um, to try and politely tell your GP how to do your job. Um, so, you, you know, the best thing to do is take in printouts of, you know, these are the guidelines, this is how it works. Ah, okay. And then that's, that's a good way of, of kind of doing it. So yeah. basically what they'll, they might try and make you go and see um, a psychiatrist through mental health, which you don't need to do anymore because it, it, it's not, not the, um, the, the current pathway. So okay. they should, in theory, refer you to a gender identity clinic with no delay. Some of them say, oh, think about it, check this, do this. But, you know, there's, there's long waits and um, you just need to see a specialist. They're the people at the clinics that can actually diagnose and help you. Yeah. So you don't want any delay at that point. Okay, so the, the message there is to, to take some information with you to your GP and, and push in a nice way to get that referral. Yeah. Okay. You don't get their back up as well. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then you get referred to the, the clinics. Now at the moment, the wait times are just growing because there's more and more people coming forward. Yeah. Um, the process is quite long, so it takes up quite a lot of resources. There's lots of appointments. Um, so you go, you get to your clinic, and all the clinics work differently. So they might require counselling 
or you might just need to speak to um, doctors or psychiatrists to get diagnoses and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, they, they diagnose you. You then need a certain amount of sort of tick boxes that you need to tick before you can start treatment. Um, so typically the first, there's no, there's no right and wrong as well. Every trans person's different and everybody wants different medical steps. Some people don't want any, they just want to transition socially. Um, oh, okay, yeah. and change their body in any way. But for those that do, these are the possible steps. So the first one is usually hormones. Some people go for other surgeries first, but hormones is normally the first one. And that's the one that actually changes your fat redistribution, muscle mass, depending on which way you're going and stuff like that. And okay. There's lots of things that can change. Um, and you typically need two signatures for that um, from two separate people. Who, are they doctors that sign that, or how, how does that work? Yeah, doctors or psychiatrists. Right, okay, okay. Like okay. doctors. Um, so you, get, you, you start your hormones, you go away, they make sure you're happy with that, you come back, and then you need another two for any steps of surgery. So obviously for a trans man, um, the, the main surgeries are your chest surgery, and then what they call lower surgery, which is your actual genital surgery, if that's yeah. the way the route you go. A lot of trans men don't, um, and on the, I think this is you're going to ask this a bit later, but questions not to ask is don't ask about that area. Yeah. You wouldn't just go and ask a random stranger. Like see them on the street. Hey, listen. Yeah. Or even your best mate. You know, personal questions such as that. Um, you know, if if you're curious as to what the options are, then you know if the time's right, you might find an opportunity to ask that. But you can Google it. Yes. Yeah. What's possible, and I'm I'm quite happy to to go through what's possible if you know if you want to know the options. Um, so and that that's it really. They keep an eye on you, and but that process, because obviously the waits are long, it can take some people up to ten years. Whoa! Really? Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing because going through this, it is all consuming yeah you don't know when your next appointment it's like gatekeepers you don't know when this is going to happen you're worried that they're going to turn you down or say come back next time mm. you go and you think am i going to get my ticks that i need to have my surgery get there. yeah yeah. You don't know if you're going to get it or not you then have a long wait you don't know what the weights are with the surgeons and your life you've got to have time off work for recovery so you can't book holidays you can't do this mm. and to, to spend your whole life you know 10 a decade of it or so going through that process i actually think it's quite damaging i was just thinking that so i'm thinking right so the i know we mentioned the medical side but also we mentioned the emotional side and i'm thinking so 10 years to maximum well is well, it maximum we don't even know <laughs> yeah it could be longer so you've got this huge chunk of time where you're going through the medical process yeah. just think i mean that in itself like you said is quite damaging with yeah. all those things that you mentioned and I'd not thought of a lot of those things yeah. like you know feeling anxious about when's the appointment coming can't book holiday you know yeah. I'd not thought about that stuff so that's really interesting but the other side of it is before you've even gone through this whole medical process you've got all of that emotional side of it there too haven't you you know the whole yeah. figuring out who you are figuring out your identity yeah. yeah all of that so how can you talk us through how Transitioning affects someone, let's start with at home, for instance. So you come in through that whole process of yeah. I'm figuring out who I am, I'm going to come out, I'm going to do the transition process. How does that affect somebody? 
in their um, home. Yeah, it's I mean, obviously coming before you come out is really, really distressing. Absolutely. You can't take it back. So that's a big step to say something. It's easier to sit on it. I'll yeah. do it tomorrow, I'll do it next week, I'll do it next year. Um, and you, yeah, luckily for a lot of people nowadays, and if, if anyone's watching this, you know, I hope that people can, um, if, if someone's telling you that they're transitioning, that you'll be accepting. Mm. And that if you're wanting to transition, that you'll have the courage to do this because a lot of the time everything's okay. But you can get, you know, I see people that are, re their parents reject them and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a really, you know, it's difficult enough without having the, the people that's supposed to be looking after you. It's not your fault you were born transgender. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, I hear a lot of success stories, so I feel nervous talking about that because I don't want to put someone else off. Absolutely, being, yeah. Doing what they need to do when there's a, a, a slim chance of that happening. Absolutely, um, and I totally appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I do think though a lot, a lot of what what you can do to help that is how you go about it. And I'm not saying that people whose families reject them have gone about it the wrong way. Yeah. But I think it's a bit like not causing an accident on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's somebody else's fault but you can be, you can react quick enough to avoid it. Yeah. There's so you can do. What, give us some examples. What, what could you do to help you with that process? Um, well, I think one of the things that, that the problems that happen is people are a little bit, can be a little bit too forceful. So, you know, I am doing this and you, you must call me he or she, and you must use my name. Okay. While I appreciate that that's a huge thing for a trans person, the people around that trans person don't, they haven't been living with it for years it's mm -hmm. new to them and all of a sudden this and they they think that person's going through a phase and then they're being forced into something and i think it's a bit like a tug of war and if one person pulls the other person can pull whereas if you don't pull they've got nothing to pull against yeah oh yeah good I, actually, I was lucky my parents were, were great and if they're <laughs> Uh, if they see this, I think it's quite interesting. But when Hello. I, when I started this process and I told them, yeah, hi, mum. <laughs> I knew that I was going to transition at that yeah. point. I'd made my mind up that this was going to go ahead. Okay. But I didn't want them to panic. So I just said, look, I've looked into this. It's not a given yet. I'm going to think about it. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is where I am. I've been seen a counsellor and I'd like to do this because I thought it gives them, they won't panic straight away. Yeah, it's like planting the seed, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And then I'll take a little bit further and say, well, I think I'm going to take the next step. And, mm. and so there's things like that. Um, what was the original question, by the way? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> we're talking about how transition affects somebody at oh, home. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going yeah. to ask you a few other things as well, like relationships and work. So if you want to fluidly go between them, feel free to okay. do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me, again, everyone's different. So for me at home, there wasn't really any difference. I've got my partner, Jeff, who I've been with a long time. He was the only person who'd ever known about this, which I hadn't told anyone. He actually, when we first met, picked up on it. And he's the only person who just asked me outright. Wow, so cool. That was, that was amazing because I'd spent 10 years with him telling me people won't care. And yeah, and he said, yeah, obviously they'll care, but not in a... In a in, in, the, in the whole way that you've internalized it that it's going to be disastrous and yeah. all of this stuff's going to happen yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah. So i had support and i had help with some of the difficulties like clothes and things like that yeah um so for me at home nothing much changed you okay know, we knew that this was coming and or, yeah at this point 
and I'm just me. I was a tomboy anyway. I didn't dress girly or do anything, so there wasn't any big changes. Yeah. Whereas for some people, obviously, there's there's big changes in their life where they might have been living in their their um, birth sex identity and trying to conform, mm. and they want to change. And I I personally think that this is much harder for trans women. And I used to find that difficult. I didn't want to say that because it sounds like you're saying, mm, you know, it's not that they don't pass as well and things like that, whereas a lot of them do, obviously. Yeah. But also, having spoken to a few more recently, I think their inclination is to say, they, they've, they worried about saying the opposite, that effectively they're telling us that our journey's easy. Yeah. And I said, like, oh, I never thought of it like that. Uh. <laughs> because there is a difference. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's almost unspoken between each other because you don't want to be rude or say the wrong thing yeah um, absolutely. so for some people yes i think trans women tend to have lived more more often than not always they more a masculine lifestyle in a yeah. suit going to work and stuff like that whereas i think for trans men it's easier for us to be a tomboy do you know i was thinking about this oh i think it was only yesterday i was thinking about that so i remember growing up and i, I was a tomboy as well um and I'm thinking about all, I'm thinking about kind of when you're growing up, there is that, for girls, being a tomboy is, is quite normal, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's nothing kind of untoward and the, you don't get kind of berated for it. That, yeah. that can kind of just be who you are. Yeah. But for guys, there's no equivalent, is there? Yeah, no. And it, it came to me yesterday, I was thinking, wow, that's quite interesting. So yeah. what you just said there about it being easier, to go from female to male, that totally makes sense because it's, yeah. it's socially accepted in a way. Well, not necessarily the trans element to it at this stage. It will be more so as we, you know, as humanity evolves and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But certainly it, because we have got that whole thing of being a tomboy when you're younger, I think it, from my perspective, it looks easier to go through that process. So it's fascinating that you just said that. Yeah. Yeah, mm. like think GI Jane. Yeah, this <laughs> Wonder Woman or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's out there, isn't it? It's in the public eye, and yeah, yeah. But I, I've just been doing a lot of writing, and one of the ones I came up with is to, for the other way is that it's quite often thought of as a positive mm. for a man to be in touch with his feminine side. True. Yeah. And so there are, you know, if he has a little cry at a film or something like that, that can be a positive in terms of relationships yeah you know, that that man's sensitive yeah there, there are a few but i think it's yeah it's easier the other way Much absolutely yeah, yeah yeah i can see that i can see yeah. that now in terms of relationships you said that obviously you've been jeff, with jeff for a long time and he was he was totally supportive of the process and you and and all of you know everything that you've been through together which is fantastic yeah i often hear about people's relationships breaking down when they come out when they start transitioning yeah. what are your thoughts on that um i think it's very difficult because one of the things that changes is effect it doesn't but how it's viewed is is your sexuality mm. so mm. as i said i was always male i think you know whatever you do to your body you can't it doesn't change who you are yeah so and that means in effect that I was never female, even though my body was. Yeah. And so I've been all my life effectively a gay man. Yeah. Yeah. But the world didn't see that. 
<clears throat> the world saw a straight female and now they see a gay male. Yeah. Um, so that obviously makes a big, when you're in a relationship, especially if you're with someone that isn't bisexual, mm. um, that, that makes that really, really difficult for, for that relationship. Mm. And it's quite an interesting one because, yes, I've seen a lot, I've heard a lot of relationships breaking up, but for some reason, a lot of the people that I know, the relationships have stayed together. Ah. And um, even if the person isn't attracted to the gender that their partner's transitioning to, and I think that's really interesting because, you know, you've met someone, you've fallen in love with them, so you love them and they change, but you still love them. Yeah. So in some ways it can work. Yeah, I can see that because you're in love with the person, not the, not yeah. the, not the yeah. sex, basically. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. It's a nice thing to think about, but I also understand that nature, if you like, kind of wants a man and a woman to reproduce because that's what keeps us going yeah um, but then nature isn't you know that's that's not what it's all about someone <laughs> i read someone a doctor online commenting on trans issues he just said um something about nature is implying that that has intent whereas nature has no intent ah. it does what it does and so yeah we have gay people we have trans people yeah that's part of nature there's nothing there's it's not wrong yes yeah, yeah. well that's a good way of thinking about yeah. it yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good perspective. It's really difficult because you say something and you don't want someone to go, oh, but that's, you know, it's wrong or it's it's, a, it's an awkward one to, mm. to, use, to use the correct terminology and not not put it down in any way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. I want to ask you about work, but maybe I'll ask you that in a little while. I want to ask you a few questions about visibility at work. So maybe I'll ask you about the effects of transitioning at work in, in a few moments. Yeah. Before I do that... I'm keen to hear what your biggest worry was when you were transitioning. Just, it, it's the people around me. Okay. Um, yeah, the idea of actually physically, medically transitioning is absolutely, truly amazing. I, I say, if you're hungry, the hungrier you are, the better that food is when, you, when you've got it. Absolutely, so yeah. <laughs> I now, I am in love with my body and my chest. You know, I think... Jeff thinks I'm a complete poser because I literally look past the and I'm always looking in it. And it's not because I'm vain, it's because I just, you know, I spent my whole life living with a body that I hated and now I look and it looks right. Yeah, there's of course you're going to want to look at it. Yeah, the medical side, Yeah, there's nothing scary about that. People look at that and think, I wouldn't want to go through that. But that's mm. the exciting bit. The hard bit is just worrying what socially is going to happen. Okay. Are your family, friends going to reject you? For me, I'm self-employed. Is my business going to fall apart? And I, I, the weekend before I saw that counsellor, I was at a friend's house and there were some people that I hadn't met before and they were all in the room. And I was just sitting there thinking, what would they think of me if they knew? Mm. You know, I wasn't out at this point. And it scared the life out of me because I, it's almost like it's, it's an intern, internalised transphobia. Yeah. By the outside sources give yourself like a phobic reaction to stuff it's a yeah. learned behavior where i thought it was freaky and i know that i'm you know i'm not mentally ill i'm not you know i'm an intelligent person i'm normal um but there's something that just i thought of myself as a freak and i was worried that that's what other people would think and so i i sat there and i thought of you know at the age of nearly 40 how many it's not just 
hundreds, it's thousands of people are in my life that mm. are known or you know, they might not see that often, that they'll all need to know about this. And that scared the life out of me. But it just got to the point where I had to do something. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the desire yeah. overtook everything, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And I think, well, I, I've spoken to you quite a few times now, Matt, and I've, I find your journey hugely inspiring. Yeah, you know, the fact that you were 39 years old and you decided to, to transition, it's not an easy thing to do mentally, never mind physically. Mentally, it's not an easy yeah. um, thing to, to go through. So... You know, when every time I talk to you, I learn something new, which is great. And um, yeah, I just I just look at everything that you've gone through, and I think, wow, you it must have taken a hell of a lot for you to get that courage to go even to that first appointment with the counsellor. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was an incident actually, which you've just reminded me of. When I phoned to try and book the counsellor, he's actually associated with a private clinic that's not open anymore. Mm. And, I called them, which wasn't, it, you actually have to call him like, separately from the clinic. Yeah. But that phone call, I picked the phone up and I'm speaking to a stranger that I'll never have to speak to again. It's just mm. a phone call. They don't know who I am. I didn't have to give my name. I'm just a voice on the end of a, of a phone line. Mm. And I answer phone, phones all day long. And he said, you know, no, you, you need to contact him direct to the number or whatever. And I put the phone down and I just... I don't think I did, but I felt like bursting into tears. Yeah. Stuck because at that point, I'd not said anything to anyone. Yeah. My partner knew, but I didn't tell him. Yeah. And so that was emotionally, I, it was a massive step just to make that phone call. I can imagine you picked up the phone and you're thinking, this is the call that is going to change yeah. my life in essence. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. This is the call where I'm going to be able to, do something you don't know what that is at the time obviously but hope better but yeah exactly yeah yeah for you at the time it was about coping better wasn't it so this is going to be the lifeline almost (laughs) yeah and then when somebody it's almost like a little bit of a rejection isn't it it's like no you've got to ring this number and at that point you're like i want to speak to you (laughs) do you know how long it's taken me to make this call yeah it was just that i'd made the call because then when i phoned to speak to the actual counselor that was easy Really? You found that easy? I'd already made that step. Yeah, okay. Doing it again. And he was lovely. You know, I, I just, I booked the appointment in there and then on the end of the phone. And I was so excited that I was actually, I felt, wow, I've actually got someone on board now that knows about this stuff. Yeah. And it's like you're putting your problems into somebody else's hands that's going to yeah. help you. And did you tell him at that stage that you wanted strategies to cope? Was that what you said? No, okay. (laughs) Just intrigued whether you told him that. (laughs) I didn't, I'm not sure I did at any point actually. I just went in and I was nervous. Yeah. And we just, he asked me questions and I talked about where I was and what things had been like, you know, my history really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he just said various things. Uh, I'll tell you what it was, the biggest thing, because I've done a little bit of counselling training, so... Yeah. I, I understand that you talk about the therapeutic moment. And the, the, the one for me was when he said, I was thinking I ran a guitar school and I thought my business might fall apart. I teach kids, how would yeah. this be accepted? And um, he said to me about, um, if you, initially people will know you have to tell them, you might lose a few clients. I didn't incidentally, not one. Ah, interesting. <laughs> I can't speak, percent supportive. But he said, you know, you have to tell people 
and then there's a little bit of a, a phase where there's like Chinese whispers so mm. some people know some people don't because you've got new people coming in you'll pass they don't they won't know they might hear from others but eventually you'll have lots of new people that just never knew your background yeah and I thought hang on a minute and to me I had a year in my mind obviously it's not that simple but I just thought wow so actually in a year's time I could just have a load of new clients that just never knew my background I'll be passing yeah and that I hadn't thought of that and I thought if I'd done this years ago I'd be in that situation now yeah and that was what made it possible for me wow okay in reality it wasn't actually that simple but I'm glad it wasn't because it allowed me to do it yeah and the yeah. whole thing has worked out very very well so but it was that shift that you needed in your head wasn't it yeah. to, to actually go forwards with it yeah. and I think going back to your earlier point about um you were saying that your biggest worry, your biggest concern was about what other people would think and the judgments that they'd make of you and, you know, would they say stuff to you and all of that kind of thing. And I think I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people in the audience will relate to this, not necessarily in terms of tran being transgender, yeah, but also in their day to day life. So many people internalize what people think about them yeah. and they compare yeah. themselves to others and all of that kind of stuff. So when you were mentioning that, I was... I was thinking about obviously your journey and, and I can see how that would be a massive thing for you. Yeah. But also day to day, everybody goes through that stuff, don't they? Yeah. And it's like we're, we're kind of projecting or anticipating what somebody else is going to think or say or do. Or, or um, again, I did some of this in counselling training where to do um, CBT, cogn Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, yeah. you've got um, your ABC, so you've got an activating event, the... Oh, what was the B? Um, Come on, we're testing, your beliefs, you know. <laughs> your beliefs, yeah. um, which is around that event, and then the consequences. Okay. So, and they were saying things like, you know, your, your partner's got up and they've got a really bad headache, so they went to work and didn't say goodbye to you. So the action was them not saying goodbye. Your belief is, they're in a mood with me because they didn't yeah. say goodbye. And then the consequences, you feel down about it all day, whereas it's not actually what's happening. Yeah. And so, yeah, you can worry about what people will think, and it's your belief. It's, it, you've got no idea what's going on inside other people's heads. Yeah. It's how you read that moment, wasn't it? So yeah. it's what you internalise that moment to mean, the story yeah. that you gave it. Yeah. Yeah. going on for them. So their reactions aren't necessarily all about you. They're about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that resonates hugely. Um, and I know it will with many of our listeners. So thank you for, for that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, you know, earlier you said what not to say to somebody who's yeah. trans. <laughs> yeah. Right. People often say to me, they don't know what to say to a trans person when they realise that they're trans, when they yeah. have that sudden, ooh, yeah. that moment, yeah. but also when they've actually come out to them. Yeah. They worry about things like the correct pronouns to use. Yeah. And basically what it's all about is they don't want to cause any offence. That's yeah. what it is. So can you talk to us about things that might cause offence, things that... You don't really want to say to somebody who's transitioning or coming out. Yeah. Um, can I just start with something completely unrelated? Of course. This is important. My mum, many, many years ago, had a really good friend who she hadn't seen for many years. And her friend, unfortunately, really sad story. Her friend's sister had come to visit on her sister's birthday and was killed in a car crash on the way home. Oh, so, no way. Big, big stuff. But she said that people... She called my mum up out of the blue, having not spoken to her for years, for someone to speak to, because she just needed to speak to someone. Mm. She said, people, 
they don't know what to say and they're worried yeah. about saying the wrong thing. And yeah. it's the kind of thing where you're walking down the road and they'll cross the road to avoid you. Mm. They don't want to say the wrong thing. And it really resonated with me and stuck with me that obviously, yeah, and I'm going to go through these things. You don't want to say something that is completely um, going to insensitive and upset that person. Yeah. But yeah. you can't make it any worse. You know, you didn't cause that person to pass away. So it doesn't actually matter what you say. Mm -hmm. you just say something. You're just there for them. That's yeah. what that person needs. Um, and that is just, that really hits the nail on the head to me. So don't ask stupid questions like about genitals and lower surgery and things like that. Um, but on the whole, just be there for them. If you don't mm. know what to say, just say, wow, you know, uh, I admire you or that takes courage. Well done. You mm. know? And I think that sort of thing is congratulate them because it's, it's a big thing. It's, you know, they've probably taken a long time to, to come and say that to you. Yeah. Um, Bloody to, huge, isn't it? To, yeah. to actually come out and say that to somebody yeah. in itself. So, yeah. yeah. The other thing, another, another comparison is typically, and I think this is a good from a trans person as well, trying to do this, the, you can project onto people what it is you want. Mm. So a really good example of this that can go both ways is, is if someone's pregnant, and if you, if you imagine, people generally want to say the right thing. So if you, someone says to you, I'm pregnant, and you don't know the, 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 the background to it, you know, have yeah. another one night stand, is this terrible? Or have they been trying for three years? Um, yeah. So, but the person, if you don't know, is kind of like, oh, do I go, I don't know what you're gonna do, or do I go, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people generally want to say the right thing. Mm. They're looking as to whether that's good or bad news for you. And that's, that's how I, when I was telling people, I had that in mind, that mm. I didn't want to go, oh, I've got this freaky news to tell you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to find it a bit odd, because they will find it odd. Because you're but, giving that vibe out to them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, I didn't want to go, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell not? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'd say to people, I'd put a smile on my face and be excited. Yeah. So I've got some news, it's good news, for me anyway. And that makes a big difference. Yeah. People yeah, yeah. know how to, they'll go, oh, okay, this is good news. They know how to read that situation, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a good thing to say to people. Uh, just congratulate them. Mm. But yeah, just pronoun things. I think people get confused with this um, because obviously... If you, because I'm female to male, let's go, let's use that as an example. Yeah. So you've got someone that you know that you, you assume is female, and then they go, actually, I'm going to transition. I want to be a man. And it, you've known them as she. So it's very, very weird to then start saying he in yeah. inside your brain because stuff like that comes out naturally. But that's one of the biggest things you could actually do for someone. Those little things like that, they don't mean much to, to most people and the person saying them. But for the trans person, every time they hear that, it's like something coming and stabbing you and hitting yeah, you and yeah. just reminding you, you've got all this trauma in your head. It's really distressing. And every single time you just get a little reminder, it just rubs it in and mm. you get more and more stressed. There's something that you think, well, it's only a word. It's been building and building until they're about to explode. Yeah. And someone still says she, and it's like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but with caution though because obviously not everyone straight away wants to swap their pronouns so my advice would be if you're not sure 
yeah. trying to gender neutral pronouns and that confuses people because they go but they mean something else mm. it doesn't if i'm you know if i want to say um talking about you okay i know gina she's lovely i could say i know gina they're lovely mm. so they them and things like that okay or if you can ask them that's the best thing everyone's journey is different yeah and everyone wants you know say well, how can i help you what can i do what do you want mm. Yeah, I like that. I, th I think, for, so I, I, I know quite a few trans people and one of the first questions that I ask, especially if I know them when they're transitioning, as in coming out and transitioning at that point, I always, I always ask them, how, do you, how would you yeah. prefer me to address you? Yeah, yeah. Some people just say, don't use pronouns at all, just use my name. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. As long as you know and you've had that, I mean, it's, I think it's probably better to do that, is it, than to... Yeah to not at all and just to kind of fluff around it and worry <laughs> that is a definite that is a, that is a go-to question as opposed mm. to do not ask and again you might be thinking mm, do i ask that question but ev everyone's different there might be i'm sure there is someone that wouldn't like to be asked that but on yeah. the whole i've never come across that okay trans person i know and i know hundreds of them now that it's always if in doubt ask yeah okay just to be asked, I think, makes you feel respected. Yeah. That that person and that, that they care and that people around you care. And you think, wow, okay, I've got support here, which when that's what you're concerned about, that's reinforcing the positivity for that person. So just asking that question is massive. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. I can see that. And you gave some really good advice there in terms of how to support family, friend, colleague, whoever it is that's transitioning. I want to move on to finish off our conversation today around work. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is transitioning and so let's say that you've got somebody who's come out at work recently, they're going to go through that whole transition process. They're going to go down the medical route, but obviously it's going to take quite a chunk of time as we found out today. Yeah. What do we need to know in terms of how we can support somebody at work? Um, the, the first thing again, I think is having a discussion with that person. Yeah. Because it is their journey. And I can see some people are very, you know, oh, it's all about them. It's all about them. But it is their journey, so it is about them. Yeah, obviously. It's bigger for them than it is than the people around them. Mm. Um, so the first thing is have a conversation with them and see what it is that they want. Yeah. Everybody takes a different path. Everyone wants to do the stages at a different point. So okay. what, you know, if, if you're an HR department, it's a big company, find out what, at what point do they want to let everyone know and who yeah. do they want to know, how do they want to, you know, you don't want to just send well, some people might but you, you can send a mass email you could get people in individually as a group there's loads of different ways you can pass that information on so okay and when when do they want to um be known as their new name and things like that um if you're the company if you're the employer ask how they can support them through various things and needing time off for surgery and stuff like that yeah um, you've also got things like id badges so record keeping and stuff mm. like that if you've got your gender recognition certificate which in the early stages you don't yeah. you should still afford someone the same respect really um it's legally you're not allowed to let anyone else know if you've known about if you if you've learned about someone's transition or their history in in what's the word 
you know, not as a friend. Yeah, yeah, like in a professional capacity. Capacity, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't tell anyone else without their, without that person's permission. Ah, okay. And, and it's a criminal offence. Some people don't realise that. So it's like being robbed. If you go to the police, the police have to act on it. Mm, okay. Um, and so before your certificate, it's not criminal, but it's still, it is an offence and it's just polite. Um, so things like if you've got old records and then a different employer comes in and, and it pulls mm. up and it says, you know, was known as Susan and is now Fred. Yeah. That gives away their transgender status. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So watch out for record keeping and get rid of anything that you don't need to. Hold on to badges as quickly as possible if they want their new name on there. Yeah. So as time goes by, they're going to physically change. So mm. if they've got an ID badge with a picture of themselves on it in six months or a year's time, that picture's not going to be um, up to date as to how they look now. Yeah. So you'd want to update that as often as the person feels comfortable and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's really good to to think about actually. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously they're going to look very different. Like you yes. said, once the hormones. Um, once they've started on hormones, then it, it's going to be quite a dramatic change yeah, yeah. over a length of time, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, can yeah. Be very dramatic and can be quite quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. How, I know you've got some views on how you can make the workplace more trans-friendly. Yeah. Can you talk to us about that? Um, yeah. Again, it's just understanding that person's journey. Yeah. And having conversations with that person as to when they want to change their name. So okay. for example, I changed my name like legally in my deed poll and on all my documents, but at work, because it's my own business, I didn't want to put people off on the phone if I sounded like a girl mm. going, I'm matched, and then thinking, oh, this is a bit weird. And I could actually, that's my income. I need to pay my mortgage. Yeah. So for me, I made the decision that at work, I was still going to be called by my old name, which is, it's very often referred to as dead name okay a huge thing for trans person so don't ask that was one question don't ask someone that their, their previous but their old name <laughs> yeah most typically um so i wanted to be known by my old name until i felt i was passing on the phone ah and okay was that the point where you wanted to change over then names yeah yeah oh, okay cool but that's a really good point to bring up is that the gender recognition certificate is is you, you apply for it and then from that point you are legally that gender so i've got mine and i'm now legally male things like that to do with my tax and, yeah you know if i'm not going to but obviously if i've sent to prison i'm now male please and don't this <laughs> is a good example yeah um, yeah and yet in some ways it goes against us because companies like your bank for example or an employer gets whiff of this and they you try and say i'm going to change my name and my title and they go we need to see your gender recognition certificate. So it doesn't work like that for many reasons. One, it's illegal to ask to see it because this little piece of paper is there to give you anonymity. Yeah. So by way of seeing it, it's actually doing the complete opposite. It's telling uh, okay. you that you are trans. Yeah. So the only reason you have the, the piece of the certificate is for the legal side of things and also to change your birth certificate in the yeah. UK. Okay. I let you do that. Mm. So the person changing your birth certificate sees the certificate, does the required paperwork. They're not even allowed to take a copy of that because a copy of it would be, again, out of Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Very, very 
misunderstood document. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, and at the moment they're, they're hoping to change this, which I think is a really good idea. But at the moment you have to, it's a paper exercise, you have to live in your acquired identity for two years, mm. given your gender recognition certificate. So how do you do that? You have to send off bank statements, utility bills, passport, driving license, things like that, original documents to actually be considered that it goes through a panel and they assess it and then you get okayed or not. Um, and how you can't start that process unless you change your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you don't need your certificate. And also I think people get confused because they, you know, a bank thinks, ah, this is a big thing. We can't change your name unless you are legally male or female or whatever mm. way you're going. Um, whereas in fact, any of us can change our name. A name is only a name. Yeah. And legally, it doesn't matter if your name is female or male. So you have a depot and you, you just like name change. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. And the same actually applies to a title. You don't need anything legal to change your title. You can't call yourself doctor or lord and things like that. There's certain restrictions. But in terms of Mr, Miss, Mrs or MX is a new one, which confuses people, which is for gen gender neutral or non-binary people. Yeah. Um, there's no, they're not legally binding. So anybody can change their name and change their title. And you are then, that is legally your name. So your bank, your employer has to update that information. Yeah. And yet they, they go, oh, we need to see your certificate. You, yeah. can't, you can't change on the system. And it just becomes like, it's this, oh, this big deal, which they, you get my point. <laughs> yeah, totally. Wow. It's fascinating. So yeah. You, you don't think about this stuff unless somebody talks to you about it. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you just sort of think about it. Yeah, so for the trans person mm. who's going through this and all they want is to change their name, you know, you think, oh God, that's that's horrible for that to be happening. But it's actually really, really distressing for the trans person. That's just what went through my head. So you've already got all this other stuff going on, all this other anxiety, all this distress, yeah. and then you know, you go to change your name and look what happens then. <laughs> I've got two I've got two bank accounts, one with two different different banks. One's my personal account. And one is my business account. Mm. My personal one were brilliant. They just changed it all. I saw the, the manager in my branch who just sat me down, explained everything, blah, blah, blah. This is all good. My business one, I had lots of problems changing it over. Not their fault, I might add. I'd, I'd happened to change my phone number. So for security reasons, obviously, that to verify who you are, mm. somebody, if, I, if someone was hacked into my account and just changed my telephone number, and they go, well, we'll call you to verify and make sure that you answer the phone. Obviously, that could be the person that's hacked into my account then. Because yeah. Unless they had to wait X amount of time. Okay. Confusing. But they didn't explain that very well initially. <laughs> and I had to make so many phone calls. And every single time. Now, this is really personal. You'll know, as an LGBT person, coming out is stressful. Yeah. So, you know, for a lot of people, they come out to their friends and family. For a trans person... They come out to the world. Absolutely. It's your per and it's it's your biggest personal thing. Mm. And every single time you pick up the phone to speak to your bank about this, you're having to tell a stranger on the end of the phone. And every time you call, it's a different stranger. And it's it's tiring. It's it's emotionally draining. Mm. It's like you're coming out every single day, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Complete strangers. Wow. Certainly got us thinking, Matt. Wow. <laughs> As always, as always. Yeah. Listen, I want to ask you one last question. Yeah. What do you think is your legacy? 
what is what is the change that you want to see in the world um well everything we've spoken about like problems with the banks not changing names or mm -hmm. i just want to see more understanding um so that that those things don't happen mm -hmm. and that, that uh, you know uh, the journey is difficult as it is and then these things make it more difficult yeah uh, but the journey i want to add as well is amazing so although it's difficult anything in life that's difficult is worth fighting for absolutely you know, not that's <laughs> difficult but anything that's that's good that's difficult is worth going through that process mm. but why make it more difficult so i would just love to see more understanding and a lot of the hate that's there and i i personally unfortunately think this is going to take generations mm. because you can't change everybody's attitude no but the attitudes that i see of transphobic people or the haters out there it's clear that they don't know a trans person mm. you can you can just tell from the things they're saying yeah they don't know about it it's coming from a place of i don't ignorance i think is is too rude a word mm. it's un they're just uneducated uneducated yeah 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 totally. mm. and i i hope that one day things like that will change because you know there's confirmation bias where you have you have a thought and then you put a meaning behind that as to why that thought is. And they have all these confirmation biases saying that, that we're weird or we're this or we're that. And they have this really strong input that other people that are on that, that are reading that, that yes, it's all wrong. It's against God's will that mm. you should not nature. Um, but it's not, it's not, that's not how it works. No, 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 <laughs> absolutely. So that's what I hope one day that I will help at least and it's chipping away because I say, I don't think you can change everyone, but if you can change a few people's views and then that feeds into their kids and then as the generations go by, yeah, and that's what I, I'd like to be able to do is change people's attitudes and just educate people. It's always great to chat with you, Matt. Thank you. We've been talking about transgender issues and yeah, just getting a bit of insight, really a bit of education into you know your journey what it means to be transgender but also the different processes and and thoughts and things that go on behind the scenes that you may not have realized um i'm going to share matt's contact details along with this recording so please reach out say hello to him he's very friendly as you can tell i'm sure he'll say hi back <laughs> <laughs> okay brilliant we're going to wrap up our conversation today thank you matt real pleasure and we'll speak again soon i'm sure yeah, brilliant thank you all right, take care. Take care, bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you go, folks. My conversation with Matt Ellison. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Listen, if you did, do me a favour. Share it around on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and if you think somebody would really enjoy the show, please post the link to them. I'll be back next week with episode four of The Gina Show, bringing to you another powerful personal conversation with a soulful changemaker. I'll see you then.